and welcome to another episode of Just Upstage of Downtown, the Music Mountain Theater podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lavery. On February 28th, 2020, MMT opened its fourth production of its third season, Stephen Sondheim's fairy tale adaptation Into the Woods. The next day, in Washington State, the first reported death from the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 in the United States was made public. During the week of March 1st, New Jersey and Pennsylvania announced their first known cases. For the moment, business at Music Mountain Theater continued as usual. Adult and children's theater auditions were held for the summer of 2020. Into the Woods ran for a second weekend, with the cast sharing pizza and soda in the green room between shows on Saturday, March 7th, all being sure to wash their hands diligently. On Wednesday, March 11th, the World Health Organization declared the onset of the illness now widely known as COVID-19 to be a global pandemic. Before one week from that point had gone by, our lives as we knew them would change irrevocably. On the afternoon of Friday, March 13th, the start of the final scheduled weekend of Into the Woods, MMT's cast received this email. Due to increasing concern over the COVID-19 outbreak and based on recommendations from our board of directors, management, and health and safety experts, Music Mountain Theater will be closing immediately. As always, our top priority is the health and safety of our community. While we have in recent weeks implemented enhanced cleaning and sanitation procedures, we will use the time to do a deep and thorough cleaning and sanitation of the theater. We anticipate being closed for the next three weeks. During this unprecedented time, we have no way of knowing how things may change in the coming days and weeks. The health and safety of our patrons, volunteers, staff, students, and performers is first and foremost in our minds. We will continue to monitor the evolving situation, adjust as appropriate, and keep you informed of any changes as decisions are made. It would be seven months before Music Mountain Theater hosted its next in-person audience. It would be well over a year before MMT staged its next musical on the scale of Into the Woods. As a member of that Into the Woods cast, just going back to that Friday the 13th notification sends shivers down my spine. It would be more than two years before I myself tested positive for COVID for the first time during the run of another MMT show that we'll get to on a future episode. But in March of 2020, we knew so little about the virus and how it would impact our world, and we had no idea how much we were about to learn. One thing that email said was that the decision to close was not made lightly. But to take us behind that decision, a more than obvious one in retrospect, and every decision that has followed in the last three years, we are joined by Music Mountain Theater's co-artistic directors, Jordan Brennan, who also directed the Into the Woods production, and Louis Polina, who played the lead role of the baker, and producing director Ginny Brennan. I don't know that any of my questions are going to be directed at any one of you specifically. You run this theater as a team, soup to nuts, and so you've all had an equal say in how it has survived this, as Jordan's email said, unprecedented time. But I know that as far back as the Songs of the Silver Screen concert, several weeks before Into the Woods even began rehearsals, some kind of illness was making its way through casts here. Was there a definite moment where you looked at the news, you looked at the way you operate on a daily basis, and said, this might be a problem? I can speak only kind of my opinion at the moment, but there was an odd illness going through that cast of Songs of the Silver Screen. At that point, I was not making a correlation between it being just a flu or being possibly something different. Uh, In retrospect, I feel like it probably had something to do with COVID-19. They were saying it was only in Washington State. I think they were wrong. Mm -hmm. I feel like it definitely made its way to New York before it made its way to Washington. And I think we just weren't looking at it. We weren't looking for it at that time. 
Um, so I, I think it probably was here before we had any inkling that it was here. Um, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. I think as you said in retrospect, yes. But at the time, you were still, well, it could be something going through. We're, right. we're together. It, it's the winter month still. Yeah. So forth and so on. But clearly, yeah, it was yeah. the beginning. So take me to, I guess, March 13th of 2020. This was really before we knew anything about social distancing, masking, test and trace. I know of at least one cast member who told me they later found out they'd had COVID during the run. How close were we to doing a show that Friday night? I know the email came out sometime that afternoon, mere hours before 7 p.m. call. How, how close were we? Uh, I don't know. I feel like midweek we had kind of decided that's probably not the best case to continue the production, but we wanted to make sure that we were making the right call. You know, we talked with the board all week. Really? We had talked about postponing, you know, just kind of, putting a, a hold on the show and, and getting ready for kind of pushing our schedule back. I remember that there was something that happened, I want to say on Thursday night, that was something from the government Correct. saying that to say we were everything to needs to stop. Yeah, We were definitely um, forced to close it. Up that until point. that happened, <clears throat> I was a proponent for not closing. We had had one cast member reach out and say that they were not comfortable if we were having performances. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of working on a way to still do the show without that. But then, and I do believe it was Thursday night, I could be wrong. Um, th there was some sort of mandate handed down that said everything must cease and desist. I know it was the, the Wednesday night where I felt like the entire world got thrown into chaos. That was the night they pulled the NBA players off the mm -hmm. court in the middle of games. That was the night Tom Hanks tested positive, yeah. which I feel like that was, was a big marker for everything. So in those early days, because I knew of people who were going to come see Into the Woods that final weekend, how understanding were ticket holders? Not only had you sold tickets for that last weekend, but on the MMT website, you put an entire season's worth of tickets on sale at a time. People, I'm sure, had already purchased for a Christmas Carol in December 2020 that never ran. Yeah, that's a question for Julie, because she yeah. she handled all those emails and, and I, I can phone say calls. Just being in the box office and communicating with her, the majority of people were thank you. There were some thank yous. We... You've, you almost felt like you were making decisions for some people who maybe I'll go, but they didn't have that option. And we, of course, offered them, yeah. you know, complimentary tickets. We extended their subscription. Mm -hmm. We did everything that we could yeah. do. And I would say for the majority, most people were totally understanding yeah. of the situation. So Into the Woods shuts down. Last five years, which was in rehearsal at that time down. I think Noises Off was about to start rehearsals. Those were canceled. Children's theater and classes, done. Now, how quickly did you get the sense this was going to be longer than three weeks? And aside from running this theater from a business perspective, this is what you've poured your lives into. Tell me about when it hit you personally that this was going to be somewhat long-term. When I was selling popcorn out of the box office window, mm. we decided to do the drive-in. Uh, we're going to get to the drive-in. Yeah. make yeah. a living. We need to do something. And, yeah. and it was from there. Yeah. I thought this is this may be a long thing. Let's, yeah. let's put our heads yeah. together. I think for me, and it, it's 
both work and personal is when we kept we kept having to email casts and crew and parents mm. and rescheduling things. Decisions. We yeah. just kept postponing things. Alice in Wonderland was about to open like yes. two days the, the following day, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. They had had their final dress rehearsal yep. and then we canceled. Yeah. Right. We postponed them for a little bit. Yeah. We we had said to the Into the Woods cast, hang tight, we may be doing this in three weeks. We may be doing this in a month right. or a few months. Right. We said to the Last five years cast. Hang on to what you know. Retain yeah. it. We'll put this up once Into the Woods closes for real. We'll yeah. uh, hang tight. It noises off cast. We're gonna put this in September. We'll be fine by then. It's a big enough you know show that we don't want to we don't want to do it yeah. um, too soon. And and then we would exhale after that email. Those emails were sent. And then a week or two later, we'd send out the same email huh. to the same group of people, postponing them again. Saying, okay, Alice in Wonderland, we're going to wait till July. Okay, yeah. Into the Woods, we think this might have been it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Noise is off, we're going to wait until maybe October, November. Okay, you know, yeah. last five years, we're, we're this will be the first show that we do. We just have yeah. to wait for the right time. Yeah. And then a month later, mm. sending out the same emails again. So I think that was yeah. just kind of like, it took a toll on me personally. Yeah. Um, and was very Yeah, yeah I think daunting. the story of the Music Man revival, it was our story. It was the new big thing coming. Everyone had tickets, and then they got postponed. Yeah. And then they got postponed again. Right. And then they got postponed again. Yeah. But eventually, the Music Man happened, and eventually, so did the rest of the stuff that we had planned yeah. as well. But, you know, it was, it was really tricky because disappointment is inherently part of theater. You want a certain part, you don't get it, you're disappointed. You want a certain show, you don't get it, you're disappointed. But this was a different kind of disappointment. This was just like a void of what's happening and will it ever get back to what we were doing before. And not to mention, where do you go with the financial aspects? How do Mm -hmm. I pay the rent? How do we keep the lights on? How do we... You know, and in the very beginning, there were no none of the grants and and the great right. things that came along. So there was a lot of questions. What? Yeah. Yeah. Do so we let's do now. let's talk about that a little bit. Virtual classes, virtual concerts, Facebook fundraisers, drive-in movies. We talked about. You made more attempts, I think, to your credit than any other theater group I know in this area to stay <laughs> vital and visible while no one could leave their houses. And before we get to the reopening procedures in the fall of 2020. Talk about your conversations on ways and means of keeping MMT afloat that summer. Jenny, you talked about the, you know, the popcorn. (laughs) This, I mean, it seems like so long ago and such a bizarro world now. And I remember, Jordan, you posted a picture on Facebook of Lewis Lewis checking people Uh. in. (laughs) That was, that was, it it made my heart go out to you, but it was also the saddest picture, I think. It's my least favorite picture that's ever been taken of me in my entire life. You know, just standing there waiting for cars. (laughs) Like Charlie Brown waiting to kick the ball. I got a rock. (laughs) I had to make a curtain speech alone in the theater that we played before the movies opened. See, there's so much I've forgotten (laughs) at this point. Because I think your brain Uh, blocks it out because it is a trauma. I will say... The one thing that came out of the drive-in, many people came in to use the bathroom and were, wow, I didn't know the theater was here because they were mm-hmm. yeah. wanted to see a movie. So there was sure. a plus side. If we yeah, that was one of the strange things about the drive-in movies. Obviously, we were trying to figure out how to do something at the at the location 
that wasn't necessarily live people on stage. So that, you know, we quickly came up with the, the drive-in movie aspect and then it was trying to retrain our brains and, and mm-hmm. recircuit the entire building to play a drive-in movie right. and get the radio signal and get the, you know, everything done. But that was a strange thing is we, we had some, uh, you know, diehard MMT friends and family that would come out to support. But then we had random people that were just like, I want to go see a movie. Yeah. And they had never been here before. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, those first couple of shows after reopening, you had Dracula and Importance of Being Earnest, Earnest, and then the By Request concert. We did. Um, and I think as long as the temperatures were warm enough, you also simulcast those shows in the parking lot. Correct. Mm-hmm. For people that didn't want to come in. Yep. So we would do live streaming, and I, I think that we did live streaming from home as well. So we had three options that yes. fall. You could come... In person, sit in the audience, and we were only allowed to sell 25 seats out of 250. Right. You could watch it from the parking lot in the safety and comfort of your own car, but, you know, we had friends that came in and saw that, and the sound wasn't always right, or mm-hmm. the image wasn't always perfect. And then we had people that would watch it from home as well. And same thing. Sometimes the internet would cut out, either for them or for us. Like I remember um, the '80s concert. The, the '80s concert Oof, uh, was... cutting out right in the middle of Total Eclipse of the Heart. That was John it. And three Jen. times. Yeah, three times. Yeah. The trick. I, I remember sitting in the office and I would watch it to make sure everything was yeah. okay. And you guys had no idea that it nope. was gone. Running in and saying, yeah. "Jordan, we're not." Yeah. Or even the start of that same exact concert, there was no sound for the people watching at home. We started with yes. Um, Video, video killed the radio star. Yeah, but before we had the movies, we did start, like, Jordan and I would come in. We had, like, a three-week true shutdown. Mm-hmm. And then I would teach a tap class yep. on stage, and Jordan would record it. Yep. And then yep. we opened up to do kind of virtual classes here and there. Yep. Uh, and then we, we got... did those few little broadcasts, I guess kind of yeah. at the same time as the movies were happening as well. So when you really started to have conversations, as as limits started to be raised, and you did start to have conversations about can we reopen to any kind of audience, um, talk about that. Uh, talk a little bit about the um, the safeguards that you implemented. Air scr- I know, Ginny, you talked about the air scrubbers in the curtain speech for what seemed like forever. Um, and... And if you wouldn't mind, go into, because I know this was part of it in, in at least some sense, talk about any backlash you received, whether it be from patrons, performers, peers at other theaters who weren't being as aggressive uh, as, as you were. Can talk about air scrubbers? And clean I can it? talk about the air scrubbers. Sure, I know more about them than I ever thought I'd know in my entire life. Um, we, we, again, and, and I will always say this, um, uh, Mike Strober and his company mm-hmm. were more than generous in many, many ways. Yeah. So we were able to split the cost of that and get another donation to do it. They are very yeah. costly. Um, but it, it really gave me, and I hope everybody else, a sense of, okay, at least now the air is coming through. I cannot tell you how many times I looked up what cleaner to use, where to get the best masks, you know, they would be delivered all the time. I knew more about hand sanitizers and, <laughs> than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, our building is new. It was built in 2017, so it was relatively easy for those companies to come in and and just adapt our filtration system 
Whereas I'm sure some of the older theaters, whether in New York or Philly or even other local community yeah. theaters, had a tougher time mm -hmm. expanding sure. that if they had sure. to. And that's where we ran into some people being appalled by the fact that we were well, reopening yes. to a certain extent yeah. in that fall. Because we were doing everything that the government was saying in order to reopen. We were operating, I think, at maybe a 20% capacity Small by capacity. the time the fall rolled around, mm -hmm. which we were not even hitting that 20%. Mm -hmm. um, we had spent a lot of money on a new filtration system. We were, you know, at the beginnings of rehearsals, we, we only have a two-week rehearsal process to begin with, and the first week of it, we would do cross-home, yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. We would do like a, a paint-by-numbers when you say this line cross to the desk at stage right and people would make those notations in their books and then we would essentially have one week of in-person rehearsals they were all masked and then we would you know we gave the performers the option to be masked or to be unmasked which is still an option here to this day mm -hmm. um, most of them opted to not be masked and then when photos would go out we would get these enraged emails of how could we be doing this and how could we be putting these people in harm's way and it was upsetting because we always want to be considerate of the health and safety of anyone who's in the building patrons performers employees um but i feel like they weren't quite understanding that we had been doing everything that we were told we should be doing in order to be able to open the doors again and it's easy to look at a picture and seeing someone and say well that's not safe in my opinion but that's your opinion we did not have any covid issues yeah from mm -hmm. september until the first covid case that we had that was in a cast was in what we presented at christmas and by that time the show had already closed and no one else in that cast tested positive yeah. for COVID. Yeah. So we were doing what we should have been doing and it worked, mm -hmm. which in a sense led us to, to continue a, to grow a and bit, open yeah, more, more of secure feeling that the steps that we have taken and put in place are working. It was, um, it was still a, a bit of a shock. I, I think it probably was to you watching. It was to me as an audience member um, that first night of Dracula reopening and uh, Eric Snyder goes to bite Maddie's <laughs> neck and I'm like, oh my God, they're so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had long moments. conversations yeah. with that cast saying, I, we don't want anyone to be uncomfortable with yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, people kept kept safe at home. You know, we, we kind of said, yeah. we can keep you as safe as we can in this building, but yeah. if, you're, if you're also distancing and you're, mm -hmm. you know, quarantining at home, That'll just keep you extra safe and, yeah. and not be able to spread anything to the cast. And from an artistic standpoint, too, as directors of things, it makes you hyper aware of optics. And is this going to make an audience member uncomfortable mm -hmm. at this time? Mm -hmm. Regardless of how the two actors feel, we have to think about, okay, I'm glad you guys feel okay doing this yeah. with one as another. The However, mm -hmm. the audience is not going to feel comfortable watching it. And we don't want to alienate them in any way. Sure. So let's take a step away from each other. 
let's, yeah. if we're going to be shouting, let's be across the stage at each other. Yeah. It was a whole new way. Yeah. Now, I mean, luckily we've kind of progressed since then. But yeah. Well, in even early stages, the the FDA, the, the you know, not FDA, but what is it? CDC was saying um, singing was much worse yes. for the droplets in the air. Yes. Speaking was not as bad, so that's why we chose to do plays. That's why we chose to do things that were a little bit less... Yeah. vocal so when we did do the broadway request live concert in november of that year we had everyone very distanced we didn't mm -hmm. do anything where anyone was touching anyone was singing close to each other just again to keep everyone safe and to keep yeah. it safe looking yeah and even letting people back in the building, I don't think I've ever taken more temperatures yeah. in my life. We had every single person at the door. Do you remember the night you had to turn oh, me yeah. away? Because I, 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 if anybody has ever seen me behind the wheel of a car, I am up on that steering wheel. And it was a, it was a night. No, it was the, it was the request concert. It was a night in November. It was cold. I had the heat on full blast and I walked in and I was like a hundred one or something like that and you made me sit in the parking lot for the first act <laughs> or a gentleman would come in with a hat yes you know, and have to, could you take your hat off and sit yeah. down for a few mm -hmm. minutes yeah good. yeah so i kind of consider march 2021 to be the the turning point that was when it seemed like vaccine eligibility and availability generally opened up i got my first dose the morning after opening night of the 60s concert and did the matinee that day that Saturday being like, oh, I can't really lift my arm. <laughs> Did you detect things starting to loosen up at that point? After that, you eased back into staged musicals, Songs for New World, the rescheduled last five years, the Fantastics, all the way up to July of 2021, and what I consider to kind of be the official reopening with Head Over Heels. Opening night of that show, I felt like we're back, but it was a gradual process. Mm -hmm. So uh, so when did you kind of get that feeling as to be like, oh, we, we can almost do this normally again. I think the whole process going from, that was 2021, correct? Yeah. With the reopening and still streaming of the 50s, 60s, 70s concerts, mm. the Fantastics, Diary of Anne Frank, the last five years, Songs for a New World, was, the, and the, the casts were notified about this, any, any employees that were working in the building, because we still had some employees that were not coming back into the building full-time yet, was that if at any point we need to put a halt to this production or postpone it, that that we just have to stay as flexible as possible. And yeah. this we were kind of going week by week, month by month with yeah. the scheduling, which is why we would give ourselves a little bit of a breather before then jumping into the next project. Sure. And, you know, it, it's still... We don't have a lot of audience back. I mean, it mm -hmm. took a long mm -hmm. time to go to the audience. And I'll be honest, if it wasn't for the, the grants that we got, yeah. I'll pat myself on the back. <laughs> right. They weren't easy. Yeah. It, it really kept us going. We were able to, to pay the landlord. Yeah. And, you know, because it's still, it took a long time, in my opinion, yeah. to, to get but we, you know, audiences we would, back. We would test things out and we would do a 50s concert mm -hmm. with six cast members, very socially distanced on yep. stage. And then we did, you know, the Diary of Anne Frank, which was a play. So no, no singing, but right. there was more intimate moments mm -hmm. than there had been. Yeah. Um, you know, we would feel comfortable doing a concert where, let's say, John and Jen Fisher were singing a love song together because mm -hmm. they lived at home. They right. could, they could interact a little bit closer together. Right. 
Um, but, you know, gearing up for that summer, which would have been, or was, uh, Head Over Heels and Matilda and Carousel, Carousel, we did reach our goal. We did kind of work slowly to get to that point, yes. which I think is what helped us as a theater, like you said, open back up sooner than a lot of other theaters. We kind of, we did those preliminary shows and, and kind of figured out what was the best case for the actors rehearsing via Zoom or yeah. or, or being masked and, and all of the regulations that we had to follow. And I think one thing that people don't maybe realize, maybe people who aren't performers who may have looked at it and said, oh, how are they doing that? You know, it's, it's so soon or I wouldn't be comfortable doing that. One of the actors said to me months later when... When we were, uh, this was an actor from The Importance of Being Earnest. He said, I remember coming in for that first rehearsal and thinking, okay, this is, this is almost over. We, there is like an end and it's in sight. Even though there were hardly any audience members, right. it was just that kind of return to any little fiber of normalcy yeah. that was yeah. like okay we're we're gonna we're gonna get through and be okay uh there's one project that came out of this pandemic that we haven't discussed um which has been seen now by our audiences and in several adaptations lewis talk about murder at cheltenham <laughs> okay so listen i have adhd and i get bored real easy um so I had always wanted to write a murder mystery and we had so much time on our hands. I talked to him. I was like, well, what about this idea? And then I have a very good friend, Damien Bartolacci, who is a wizard with um, video editing. And I reached out to him and I said, listen, I have this idea about doing like a little TV series. How can we make it work? And he was equally as bored. Um, so yeah, I, I essentially reached out to a handful of people and said, here's my idea. I want to do like a, a weekly little episodic murder mystery. Um, here's how it would work. I'll write the script. I'll send, I'll email you your pages. I'll, I'll deliver anything to your house that you might need to keep Props, costumes. things, you know, looking the same. Somewhat, somewhat <laughs> yeah. similar. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable doing that, fine. And of course, everyone was so bored. They're like, yes, let's do something. <laughs> and then I would just, I just wrote it and I would write a new episode every week and the actors would only get their pages. So they didn't know what was happening as yeah. far as story arc goes either. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And the audience participation. Yep. There was audience participation. We posted it on YouTube. It's still there. You can look it up and watch <laughs> it. Um, and it, you know, it was a lot of fun and and it was well received and then i you know turned it into a stage adaptation and it was well received and equally as fun and the musical is in the works <laughs> no, no, it is not. No, it is not. my my wife Kristen wants the uh, the junior version yeah yes um, junior. well i and i guess um, that segues me into uh Ginny, because of the delayed availability of the covid vaccine for younger ages Discuss how this all affected the timeline with the Children's Theater Program and the theater school. Well, 
you know, again, once we all got over the shock, yeah. um, uh, reached out to the teachers, uh, and similar to what uh, the adults did, the ones that were willing to participate and either come in or do something at home, we did uh, have a virtual session or two, um, which again was well received out of the fact that the kids still probably half of them weren't going back to school yet either or weren't be doing any other activities. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess the Snow Queen movie was the first time they were really back uh, to performing together. Yeah, was that? I thought um, that was 2020, huh? Yeah, we made movies of two of my children's shows. We did Frosty, Frosty. I remember Snowman, Frosty. Yeah. and we did The Snow Queen's Frozen Adventure. And both of those followed the format that we were doing that time, where we rehearsed over Zoom for a bit of time. And then we came in and we shot them as a movie. So it was only the kids... And again, Damien Bartolacci, who, who shot the films. And we had two sessions to make sure that we got all the footage that we needed. And then he edited together. That's probably, I guess, the first thing that the children's program did. Um, and then speaking as a teacher, when we did come back, we were, those that were in-house were required to be masked, mm -hmm. teachers and students as well. Which, you know, was not fun or comfortable, but the uncomfortableness, <laughs> uncomfortability, yeah. I guess, was outweighed by the fact that we were just able to have class again yeah. and, and be around each other. So we're going to do an entire episode on the debacle that was the final weekend of producers last May. But that hasn't been the only production here to have a COVID flare-up that messed up either casting initially or performance availability. Um, so what are the current protocols here? I uh, feel like you know, we all know them, but what are you doing you know, right now in the moment with the, the pandemic, which is still ongoing, in the stage that it's in? Right now, we're just following guidelines that are out. If someone tests positive for COVID-19, there's a five-day... Um, quarantine period and then if they're not exhibiting symptoms and have tested negative uh, they are allowed back in the building we have had experiences over the past few shows where a cast member throughout the course of the rehearsal process has tested positive they have stayed away they have tested negative and come back and been able to be in the show um, there have been instances where they have tested positive after their quarantine period, but because of the proximity to the opening, they have not been able to continue with the show. Um, it's really a case-by-case -case scenario, but we are following the guidance that is out there and making the decisions as they come. And each one, again, is really individualized. Yeah. And it's, it's almost become part of it now. My daughter uh, isn't feeling well. She has a fever. Mm -hmm. I got a note just the other day. She yeah. won't be at rehearsal today. My comment was, please keep in touch if it continues. If she comes back without a fever, can she please wear a mask? So, you know, you, you're just trying to yeah. keep up with it. And half the time, that's all it is, is a cold or a fever. But most people, when they're not feeling well, will yeah. put on a mask just out of caution now. Yeah, and so that, that, that kind of leads me into my last question here, which is that I interviewed someone recently for a freelance piece I was working on 
who said what we're entering now is not the new normal as we all heard you know <laughs> or even back to normal but the next normal so do you think that's where music mountain theater is at now 100 percent. i mean yeah. case in point with the secret garden um we have a cast member who had fell ill uh, last weekend and was not able to perform um but because we are hyper aware that that's a very strong possibility we are more diligent about making sure that our understudies are prepared and even in appointing understudies and if this ensemble has to go on for this lead then this ensemble can cover that ensemble right. it makes our jobs a little bit more difficult but that's just where we are and i think everyone in the theatrical community would uh kind of agree with that you know we went and saw uh, Aladdin on Broadway last Christmas and there were very obviously people missing just from a staging standpoint you could see where the gaps were but it doesn't matter anymore what matters is that we were able to go and see the show yeah yeah well there you have it my Into the Woods script is still sitting next to my keyboard at home unerased waiting for that last weekend I'll pay the $25 someday <laughs> My thanks to Lewis, Jordan, and Ginny for being so candid about how things have changed in the past three years. I'm Patrick Lavery, and this has been another episode of Just Upstage of Downtown, the Music Mountain Theater podcast. To be continued.